Welcome back, friends, nerds, librarians, and all you ilk to episode 16 of the SS Librarianship Podcast. It's Happy a Christmas episode. Holidays. Happy holidays. Almost Christmas. Yeah. And Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and Diwali and all those wonderful winter festivals that we hope you're all enjoying or have enjoyed, I guess. Most of them are over. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Thank you for bearing with us last week as we were in transit at the end of the term. Allie was on her way down to Phoenix where she is enjoying the sunshine. So beautiful. And I'm squamish with the melting snow that's getting just decimated by the rain today. So, <laughs> I have puppies though, so. Oh, I have a puppy. Yeah. All right. Well, even. even. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're back this week, and we have a very special guest, um, my little brother Theo, who you yeah. might remember from the Halloween episode with his little uh, his little soundscape about Bioshock that he sent us. <laughs> so he's on today to talk to us about. Well, he joins us for Mind Grapes, as our guests do, and then uh, we do a little. Where do we put this about video games? Yeah, so we talk a little bit about um, the kinds of games we like to play, the kind of work he's doing, and sort of the um, the economics of gaming a little bit, and talking about the, the the emerging sandbox industry, which I think is a really interesting topic. So it's a great chat. Yeah, yeah, we had a really great chat. We touched on yeah the the economics of the industry and of the play, and also a little bit of the you know the interplay between players, uh, which is always. Always the thing that people like me who aren't super into games end up being exposed to in the news and so forth. Uh, so, yeah, so we've got a great one for you today, and I think we should probably get started. Yeah, so uh, I'm Allie Sullivan, and you'll shoot your eye out. And I'm Sam Mills, and Christmas means dinner. Dinner means death. Death means carnage. Christmas means carnage! <laughs> So it's finally the holiday season and we finally have a little bit of time off, which means we might actually have a few things to talk about in Mind Grapes this week. Sam, oh, what if... We always have stuff to talk about yeah. in Mind Grapes, no matter how That's busy true. we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw Frozen. That was my sort of kickoff to the, the holiday season. Well, I guess I watched Love Actually the weekend before that with some friends. But um... So you've watched Love Actually twice now this Christmas season? No, no, no. That was the one time that I've seen it. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't watch it on Monday. John and I were just talking about it. Ah. Um, yeah, have either of you guys seen Frozen yet? No. No, no I didn't because my nephew's my nephew's 14. He's too cool for that kind of stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, he might have fun at it. There's some pretty, like, tongue-in-cheek humor in it. But, uh, oh, it was, it was so good. It's the most fun I've had at a Disney movie in, like, I don't even know how long, since the 90s, like... Since that heyday of, you know, The Lion King and Beauty and the Beast and all that. Wow. It was great. The music was not up there with the, you know, classic Alan Menken music. But mm -hmm. um, but the story was just great. And the animation was amazing. Oh, cool. Um, and the it was very, I... like, it was very sort of in the tradition of Brave, I guess, in the sense that the love story that was central to it was more between the two sisters than it was between either of them and a dude. And, I showed uh, you the, the one thing I saw was uh, that... I don't know if you know what SIGGRAPH is. It's like a <clears throat> like a talk. Think of it as like a TED talk for like super nerds for visual effects, essentially. <laughs> um, but they had a whole thing. I showed you on YouTube. Oh yeah, you showed me some right? of that. All the sort of they populations they did like a, that went into they had the Disney the guys. Yeah, they had the Disney guys there talking about the like basically the tech they made to generate all the snow simulations for Frozen. Oh cool! I and it was, was totally really nuts. Yeah. Well, I mean, you talked they, about, give like, us give us a little layperson version of what they did because I didn't well, really understand. Well, I don't even video. really. 
<laughs> I've got into a little bit of particle stuff at work, but they, I mean, they essentially used math to simulate snow and they could just change the like viscosity of it and sort of how it, they could basically simulate the kinds of snow that we're used to seeing. So like they can make the snow that packs into a snowball. They can make the snow that you could roll down a hill and have it actually snowball. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like simulating snow hitting another snowball and having it fall apart. And like oh, they wow. had a little snow truck or a plow go through a bunch of it and it sprayed like realistically. And the whole point is that it's procedural. So it happens in real time. Like it's mm-hmm. all a simulation. There's no animation essentially. So instead of animating oh, the wow. steps of it, you. Yeah. You literally just like you put it in your character's like hand. Snow and you throw it huh. stuff well out. they certainly did an amazing job like that was i mean yeah the acting and That's the singing and the writing was fantastic and it was really fun that way but also just visually the snow and the ice and the ice effects like it was interesting because the ice effects from the from the young woman's powers were very kind of they were really beautifully done and probably very technically accurate but obviously looked like magic but mm. the stuff that in retrospect is even more impressive is just the snow itself the real snow that was acting like real snow looked totally real but uh, but yeah no it was so much fun and the snowman was yeah adorable definitely a classic disney <laughs> sidekick in the uh, in the vein of like you know timon and pumbaa and sebastian and whatever or and, the donkey uh, well the donkey's not disney but yeah but yeah same sort of yeah <laughs> very <laughs> cheerful very motivational sidekick and there was an ador- adorable reindeer and a couple of Who handsome voiced the snowman Josh um, Gad. Josh Gad. Yeah, he's Josh one of the guys who was in um, Book the of Book Mormon. of Mormon. Oh, okay, cool. I think he was also in. This is going to be a deep cut. Um, <laughs> he was in that blackjack movie Twenty One. Oh. He was oh, whoever the main character is in that movie. He was like his nerdy sidekick from MIT. Oh, okay, cool. He was, yeah, you know, he's only in it for like ten minutes. Nerdy sidekick, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because well, the the guy who was the main guy in that movie was also the main guy in um in uh, the Beatles musical. Yeah, I don't right. remember his name. Yeah, he's no hot. either. Jim something. Sturgis. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's Got it. it. That's the one. It's not like we all have the internet in front of us or anything. Twin powers activate. <laughs> but yeah, no, Frozen was a really really good time. I would highly recommend it for for everyone, which is the mark of a really good kids movie, right? That it works for everybody. Yeah. And for sure. uh, yeah, and Adina Menzel and Kristen Bell were just fantastic as these princesses. Mm-hmm. Really really full characters and really catchy music, but you know, not a couple of standout songs, but nothing that's going to be too classic. But the movie itself, definitely a winter classic. Cool. Well, I'll probably have to see it when it comes out on Netflix or something, so I'm not yeah. uh, an adult going to a kid's movie and being a creeper. <laughs> no, seriously. That's totally what we did, but I guess we were three women, so it wasn't yeah. as creepy as it could have been. <laughs> Watching movies by yourself is the best. Yeah. 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 I do I like saw, movies by myself I saw sometimes. The Grey on Valentine's Day by myself. <laughs> it was yes. awesome. It was just me, Liam Neeson, and like a bunch of wolves. <laughs> Was the theater actually empty? Uh, there's probably other people there. I didn't notice. I was there by myself. <laughs> you, you were just in the in the Neeson zone. Yeah. It's funny when we did watch Love actually a couple weeks ago. It's mm-hmm. it's interesting watching that movie now because so many of the people in that movie are big stars, and a lot of them are big stars in a very different type of movie than. Yeah, isn't Rick actually. in that? Who? Walking oh, Dead. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's the guy he's with the, the signs. He's the. He's yeah. the yeah, you are but, perfect. Uh, but Talk, yeah, Elton watching Alan Rickman in that is entertaining on the heels of everything he's done in between and um, Martin Freeman, right? Yeah, and totally. The one I've that's, still never seen it. 
So you still never seen Love Actually? I don't think so. We're gonna have to. It's pretty that good. Go it's kind of yeah. Worth oh, it. No, I've heard good. I've heard good things. I've just never <laughs> gotten around to them. Yeah, but, but Liam Neeson is one of the interesting parts of that movie, and it still works. I mean, it shows you yeah. how great of an actor he actually is, even though he does make some questionable choices sometimes, that you, you see him now as this sort of action star guy and all these they-would-be-B-movies if they didn't have Liam Neeson in them kind of movies. Much, but yeah. you can still watch him in Love Actually, and he's really very heartwarming as this just like normal, everyday dude who's lost his wife. And, mm-hmm. and, and you forget how many storylines there are in that movie. Yeah, so many. Like, oh, yeah, that's this movie too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's a, we were speculating about the um, the fact that when oh I don't know his name in the movie, but his name is Nick on on My Family, which is what I know him from. But the young man who decides he's going to go to America because he can't get a mm-hmm. girlfriend in Britain, right, right, um, and he goes to this like storybook Wisconsin with these super super hot girls with southern accents in it. Yeah, and so it's sort of this hyper hyper real America married to this very real sort of realistic London that everyone else is in. Oh, for and sure. Then also. Um, Laura Linney's character is the only American and mm-hmm. she's the only one who doesn't get a happy ending mm-hmm. and so we were sort of speculating on the whole you know Britishness of the movie and the way those two American pockets of it don't quite fit in with the rest of the movie there's, there's a lot going on there <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's such an interesting show and um, there are some interesting articles that I've been reading about it there was one who an article that was talking about how the movie is if you look at it from certain ways actually an extremely un- romantic movie Hmm. um well it was talking about how a couple of the stories were um like just so ridiculous like the one the dead have rick from the walking dead it's like you know this dude falls in love with his best friend's wife and pretty much he's professing his love to his best friend's wife and that's really not cool yeah it's a pretty dick move as much as it's framed as a I don't know. We actually had an argument with your husband about this last week at the pub. Because... Were you falling in love with him at the <laughs> 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 Moving on. Um... Uh, well, because that to me looks more like a that was his character punching through that, you know, like he knew he couldn't be with her. And so this grand romantic gesture with the signs and the music isn't isn't to ask her for anything. It's to punch through it for himself, for his own peace of mind, which I guess is not super fair to her, but yeah, I can totally empathize with, with that. that knowledge. And then what is she going to do? Tell her husband that, oh yeah, by the way, your best friend did this crazy romantic gesture. That's going to make, you know, the next Christmas well, party the really argument weird. we were all having was some people were like, well, now he's putting her in, she's, he's putting her in the position where she now has to decide whether to tell her husband about this, right? And yeah. Because they're explicitly keeping it from him, even though there's nothing to keep from him. Yeah, it's, there's layers to that movie. Or maybe it's just that we've all seen it so many times. I don't know. Could very well be. So what about you? What have you been watching or well, playing or whatnot? Um, in kind of in the exact opposite vein, we did go see a really great movie that's in theaters, but it is by by no means for children at all in any <laughs> form. Um, I went and saw American Hustle, Ooh. and uh, it was really incredible. Um, it's, uh, it's a movie set in the 1970s about um, a couple of con artists who get caught and then roped into helping the FBI try to kind of set up con schemes in order to get people for bribery and nail some politicians and stuff like that. So it stars um, uh, Christian Bale as this nigh unrecognizable 
um, con man who's pudgy and has this weird comb over. <laughs> and like, like my dad at the end, he was like, well, who, who played that main character? I'm like, dad, that was Christian Bale. He's like, no. It's like so, a Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder situation. Uh, yeah, I think so. Like it's, uh, it's just <laughs> not quite so incredible. much makeup maybe, but <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, not quite so much makeup, but you know, like he's, he obviously put on, or, you know, it's almost like he took all of the muscle that he bulked up for and for Batman and turned it into like a beer belly. <laughs> it's really, yeah. I think he does really that just for fun. I think so too. That yeah. must really be it's unhealthy. Recreational binge weight loss <laughs> and gain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it also stars Amy Adams as his accomplice mm. um, and, you know, girlfriend and uh, Jennifer Lawrence as his wife. So that's nice. interesting. And uh, she plays a character who's absolutely batshit insane. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's fantastic. And um, and then Bradley Cooper is the, you know, up and coming FBI agent who wants to, you know, plan this whole thing. And it's it's an absolutely incredible movie full of lots of twists and turns and mob and and money. And it's just oh, it's so good. And Bradley Cooper's yeah. perm is, you know, half the reason why oh. I want to see it from the commercial. Jeremy Renner's in it, too, isn't he? Yeah, he Jeremy Renner plays the um, the mayor. What the he's a he's a mayor of New Jersey, um, kind of of the Atlantic City area. And oh. in the seventies, they had just legalized gambling in New Jersey, so he was trying to rebuild Atlantic City. Was this mayor's kind of uh, his his defining thing that he wanted to do to help his community to get money there to get jobs there? Because in the seventies, the economy was pretty shite. So yeah, it's basically you know now but with yeah. worse hair better hair more more elaborate hair anyway elaborate hair at the very least <laughs> but yeah it's really incredible there's been a lot of golden globe nominations and a lot of buzz about it so um definitely lives up to the hype though it's really really great movie Man, so Bradley if you and jennifer learns to just keep working with david o russell forever two years Absolutely. in a row yeah no uh we'll put uh put the kids in frozen and the grown-ups can go see this movie it's really really good <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's definitely on my list anyway, but sounds even better now. Mm-hmm. So anything else that you've been up to? Um, well, I've also been um, playing the, the latest Zelda game, uh, Between Worlds, and it's, uh, it's really interesting. It's really hard, actually, um, <laughs> which is something that's really Are you weird. you laughing because she said Zelda's hard? Yeah, no, I'm laughing because I, I have heard of what she's about to talk about. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I haven't played the game, but I... I watch it's, enough stuff online. I've seen bits and parts of it. So yeah, it's more difficult than well. I mean, I like guess it's, it's still doable. It's not you know like you know. I, I've heard it's the right kind of hard. Like it's not. It doesn't crush you, but it makes you feel smart when you figure something out. Exactly. Yeah. It's like the some portal of, the of Zelda, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Like the dungeons are much more puzzly, and the big thing that they've changed with this game is in previous Zelda games, it was super railroady. <laughs> Where, um, you know, you went to this dungeon and got this item, which helped you get to the next dungeon to get the next item. In this one, they actually um, have an items dealer that you rent the items from. And you can rent all of the items at the same time. So when you you finally get to the point where you're starting to go to the dungeons, you're actually opened up to all of the dungeons at once. So you can hop around a bit more. Exactly. So you're kind of given more of a choice of how you want to approach the dungeons. Um, and eventually you can buy the items if you have enough coins. But it's, you know, with the mon- the rupees or whatever. But the rupees are really, they're not that easy to get. Like, there's a lot of them. But, yeah, it's a much harder game than, than some, of the, some of the previous Zelda games, which are 
been pretty easy and pretty railroady. So it's it's been really interesting to play as as a Zelda fan. It's um it, it throws you for a bit of a loop, but I'm really enjoying it. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. So what about you, Theo? Uh, well, We've been hanging I've been out relaxing. together for the last week. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in homework detox. Uh, aren't we all uh yeah i mean well we didn't quite finish die hard last night but that's a christmas tradition (laughs) um and uh i started playing splinter cell blacklist uh right before i left um toronto so i i don't know how familiar any of you are with it um you've at least probably heard of it it's a pretty like the well, Splinter Cell games are Tom Clancy games, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, I've heard um, of them, but probably the I, finale. There had been a big gap. Like, part of the reason I sat down to finally play this one is that it's the first game that Toronto Ubisoft has put out. Hmm. Oh, okay, um, cool. So they opened up a studio, I think, like, three, two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is the first game they uh, have published, as far as I know. Although it's weird, because when I played the opening credits, I could have sworn it was just, like, Ubisoft Shanghai and Montreal. But, like, <laughs> I'm, like... 95% sure it was Toronto, so maybe I just missed. I know it's a collaborative kind of thing when they make these games a lot. There's mm-hmm. usually like one studio and then the rest of them pitch in and help. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, part of the reason I wanted to, to check it out was um, I mean, that's a place where I'm most likely going to try and work, so I should probably play a game they've made. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it had been a while since I played. It had been a while since they put one out. I think it's been like four or five years since... Uh, mm-hmm. How oh, many of them have been? Last one. Oh, there's at least like six. Oh, okay. I think, mm-hmm. but it, it had been a while. Um, they had kind of gone up and down. There's like the third one was like the best one. The one after that wasn't very good. I think Conviction was the next to latest one, mm-hmm. which was cool and introduced like a new mechanic, which they carried into this one. Um, but uh, it's, I mean, it's Splinter Cell. Like it's a little more, again, like you were talking about, it's a little more sandboxy. Mm-hmm. Um, you're kind of, you're, you're given uh, essentially like it's it's actually kind of weird how similar it is to the Agents of Shield TV show. You basically oh, work yeah. out of a giant plane. Okay, um, cool. Because like uh, these engineers or whatever they've they've called their Terra cell are uh, basically like the blacklist is like a, I think again I'm not that far into the game, but it's basically a list of all the. Uh, it's actually maybe similar to Mission Impossible in that it's like a list of all the um, like current active agents, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, or something like that along those lines. I might be getting it mixed up. But anyway, needless to say, you're in a giant ship and you fly around. But <clears throat> it gets open world-ish because instead of, again, like you were saying with Zelda, instead of being here's Mission A, Mission B, Mission C, and you just work your way through the campaign you're actually presented with basically like a big map and you can sort of jump around mission to mission. Like they open up more than one at a time to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also are doing another thing that a lot of these games are starting to do, especially with the new consoles is trying to sort of blend single and multiplayer into one thing. Um, okay. It's a little different here in that they basically blend the menus at this point. Like you can, <laughs> in the same map that you can jump into a campaign mission, you can also just jump into multiplayer. Now the right. two of them aren't actually connected in terms of like story and stuff, but it's so is that sort of multiplayer in the sense of like playing with someone else on the same console. Uh, or yeah, is it there's as well, well, no, it's mostly all online. Okay. Um, but it's I think it's a mix between like co-op where it's you know you two play basically through a a separate version of the campaign sort of as two spies, but then they also brought back which was the popular multiplayer mode from the old games, uh, spies versus mercenaries, which is essentially like 
you have three spies and three mercenaries. The mercenaries play from like a first-person shooter perspective, and then the spies play the regular kind of Splinter Cell gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's basically just like a big cat and mouse game. Um, well, I guess that gives you which is cool. Two I haven't tried it yet. for playing through the game online, right? Because you can uh, yeah, games. it kind of switches it up a bit. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been it's been pretty fun so far. Um, it's not as sound like a dick, but it's not as impressive as technically as I thought it was going to be for a <laughs> end of the console generation. Uh, it's hard right. when you play games like Last of Us and to mm-hmm. go back to games that aren't made by Naughty Dog. Mm. Um, yeah, but uh, I mean, it still looks good. But it's one of those things where, like, you know, it actually like. It, this looks really nice, but it's not that crazy quality where you're like, oh, shit, they're never going to hire me. So it's nice <laughs> to like, I can look at it and be like, so hey, I might accessible. actually be able to reproduce something like good look like that, potentially. Because <laughs> well, at this point, everything I do is related to homework and school. So yeah. it's hard not to, uh, to do, <laughs> to, be in that to like tear things apart. So, yeah. So you can you can justify playing the game if you can look at it at the visuals and be like, well, oh, exactly. I mean, ninety percent of the time, I'll start playing a game. It'll just make me feel guilty that I <laughs> am not, or or that I should just be making something anyways. So. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. So I'm Splinter Cell. Um, other than that, um, that was the last thing I I finished GTA Five, which mm-hmm. was cool and ended really abruptly, but it was still pretty awesome. I got to go back and do all the like side stuff that I skipped. Um, yeah. Hmm. But uh, there was that, that, movie, that that game was like the most expensive video game ever produced, or something like uh, that. Uh, pretty much, I think. I mean, they've been working on it more or less since probably since four came out, maybe even before that, and that was like two thousand seven. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, this, so, it's been on. It's been pushed back a few times too. GTA yeah, four, five, right? Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where like it's almost a shame that it's coming out when the new console. It's coming out on technically the old consoles, but mm-hmm. when it takes six years to make that game, you can't exactly plan that far ahead. Like, of course, yeah. it's going to come out on the 360 and PS3. Like they, they wouldn't yeah. be able to, to do it for the new consoles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other than that, um, Brooklyn Nine Nine, I've been keeping up with. Yeah, which is still hysterical. Well, yeah, actually, you guys talking about is the reason I, uh, I, I forgot I hadn't really watched any of the new shows. Um, mm-hmm. But also, but actually, because uh, I think it's funny, I'm starting to get the podcast and talking to Samantha in real life mixed up <laughs> in terms of like what she has been watching because we talk about that shit all the time. Yeah, and so I was like, yeah, I remember you told me to watch Brooklyn Nine Nine, but I can't remember when. Or where, or what platform you told me to watch it. Like, <laughs> well, good. Um, we're we're getting out there. We're making and, an impact. Uh, so I've been watching that, and it's. I mean, it's pretty. It's been pretty consistent. Oh, like, hilarious. It's hysterical. Yeah. yeah. It's and, really uh, good. And then another one, almost human, which I had heard of but totally forgot about. And then when you had, I forget who it was on Mary. talking about it. I was Mary. like, oh shit, I, that was totally a show I wanted to check out. So I started watching right. that, and uh, it's been it's been really good and also really weirdly funny. Okay. And like, there's some strange like I don't know what network it's on. Is it on like network it's on TV? Fox or something? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, yeah, a it's so definitely a network show. It's just some like kind of sort of vulgar humor that I think's funny, but I'm just surprised. But I guess <laughs> when you air Family Guy, like I guess it's yeah. kind of yeah. No well, well, I feel like the networks are, if not in the letter, then certainly the spirit of their regulations is starting to back off a little because they have to compete with all these cable networks. Right? Yeah, so. Exactly. Uh, that's fine with me. It's it's been really funny, and it, it's a good balance. You know, it's it's one of those things where you're like, you're not sure if it's going to be, well, it's a Fox show, so that kind of right off the bat, you're like, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, don't get um, attached. Yeah, well, pff, stupid <laughs> Fox. But uh, well, it's one of those. It it can 
on the surface seems like a very played out kind of thing. Like, of course, when crime gets shitty in the future, they have a RoboCops. Mm-hmm. Like, that's been done. It's, I mean, it's essentially RoboCop meets Minority Report yeah. meets iRobot. Like, it sounded a it's, lot like iRobot. Yeah, it's very much like iRobot. They haven't actually got into the kind of uh, Asimov, like, three rule stuff mm-hmm. at all. Um, but uh, it's actually, it's more original than I would give it credit for. And also, like, visual effects-wise has been pretty pretty decent. Like, TV shows suffer, and, like, that's one of the things with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, as much as I'm a huge nerd, Marvel nerd, and I, like, I automatically love everything just by mm-hmm. default. Like, one of the things that bugs me about that show is that it. It can't. It can in no way live up to the movies. Yeah, like it's mm. impossible on a budget yeah. that they have and in a time constraint they have. But even with giving them the free pass of that, they're a TV show. Like no matter what, it just looks shitty compared to the movies. Yeah. Fox, weirdly though, is really <clears throat> good at. And almost Human looks Fox or pretty if it's the good. Vancouver production studios. But like, um, yeah. almost Human is in the various in the same situation as Fringe in the sense that it's filmed in Vancouver. A lot of the stuff is done here by the studios here, and then it airs on Fox. And Fringe also had excellent production values for a TV yeah. show. Continuum I think it's, it's just did a matter too. Of, yeah, of picking that's right. and choosing where you put your effects budget. Right, like they yeah. do. They do some pretty decent, like, um, I guess, <clears throat> what do you want to call it? Subsurface um, effects on uh, Dorian's face when he's, like, doing robot stuff in his head. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't do it a lot, but when they do do it, it looks pretty good. At this yeah. point, like, it's not Iron Man 3, like, like super crazy subsurface scattering inside, mm-hmm. like, with all the... Um, mm-hmm. What you know, when he's, when like, he's inside the helmet, right? Uh, or no, not so much that, but when oh, okay. um, I can't, oh, this is driving me nuts. The okay. orange, when you know, when they turn orange and explode in Iron Man 3. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. What's the friggin'? Yeah, they've been talking about that on a shield, oh, too. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> what's the name? I can't, oh, this is gonna drive anyway. me Anyways, <laughs> the orange jelly effect um, <laughs> is really cool. And like on a big hmm. budget like Iron Man 3, you can use it up the wazoo and it's it's totally cool, but. To do a more subtle version of that, you know, on five episodes of a TV show is probably pretty hard. So they're doing right. a, a good job. And, you know, they have the what's-his-face there. Bones has a fake leg. Um, and it's one of those cool things where it's a good conceit in that every once in a while you can blow some money on doing a cool, like, him putting his leg on a thing. Mm-hmm. But 90% of the time, Carl Urban's wearing pants. So it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, yeah. they've been doing the same thing on, uh, oh, I, I know how much you love Grey's Anatomy, Theo, but they've been doing the same thing here. They have a character whose leg was amputated a couple seasons ago, and they really, they're very sparing with how they use her and her fake leg and whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, it's extremis. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, so the, yeah, the extremis effect uh, is, yeah, it's that kind of thing where it's, <clears throat> when you have a ton of it on screen at one time, it's probably really hard to do. But mm-hmm. yeah, using it in kind of little tiny touches every once in a while. Uh, so, it can, so you can sell your show a lot more than it yeah. actually is. <laughs> so you said you automatically love everything that Marvel does. Did you love the new Thor movie? Oh, it was great. Oh, he told oh me. I hated it. <laughs> oh, really? That's unfortunate. It's so boring. Oh, it was hysterical. That was one of the funniest so movies so I've so seen all year. I fall directly <laughs> between you guys on that movie. It's so funny. I no, oh, we saw it for my birthday, me and my girlfriend, and like yeah. it was just hysterical. <laughs> I couldn't knock it over how funny like the cap. Cameo was just priceless. That was pretty great. That was cute. I like that. Yeah. And just anything to do with moments, but I thought that they, uh, I just, I don't know. I thought it was so boring. Yeah. Uh, Natalie Portman. Yeah. Good. Well, that's the thing. Theo's got a double whammy there because he loves both Marvel and Natalie Portman. I found yeah. it entertaining, and especially because freaking Tumblr has made me into like a giant Tom Hiddleston fan. So well, how can you not? Yeah. 
Really? He's he's wonderful. Oh yeah. yeah. He, he does some <laughs> acting in that movie. Yes. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that's just a bonus. The fact that he's such a good actor. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Cool. <laughs> Although I got to be honest, I'm a little sick of people getting stabbed in the chest and living. Yeah. Between Coulson and him, it's getting a bit much. Hmm. At least with him, it makes slightly more sense. I guess. Yeah. Honestly, the teleportation shit is the one thing that bugs me about his character because it's one of those things that, like, as soon as you introduce the ability to do that, like, what the fuck? Like, he wins all everything, all yeah. the time. Because yeah. he can just not be there if he wants to. Yeah, you have to introduce no limitations sense. on that. Like, I mean, it, I guess the bridges are part of that limitation. The Hulk but... can pick him up and smash him to bits, and yet he can just appear on the other side of a prison he was in a second ago. Mm-hmm. So it's what? best not to think too hard about it. <laughs> if if I end up nitpicking too much, these movies will turn into the Dark Knight, and I'll hate it forever. So, <laughs> um, anyways, let's not go down that road. All right, it sucks. Anyway, well, well I'm looking forward to uh, the rest of our of our Christmas holidays and and getting some more media in before things explode next term. Because and you know, oh, they will. And food and eh, families are right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, mostly mostly movies. Yeah. All right, well, that's that's, that's a pretty good uh, edition of Mind Grapes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Theo. Lots of holiday mind wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spiced with a little Christmas cheer. So, Theo, you're going to school in Toronto, and what is it exactly that you're doing there? I know it has something to do with video games and, and visual effects particularly, but uh, can you kind of describe a little bit about what your program is and how you got there? Um, so they bill it as game development, Mm-hmm. Which is a little weird, mainly because, like, <clears throat> in the industry, game development is the entire thing. Right. And yet, what I'm doing is essentially 3D modeling, texturing, uh, basically creating the assets that get put into the game or that mm-hmm. get handed to an animator to get put in the game, that kind of thing. Right. Um, I mean, there's so many special like specialties when it comes to the actual like, studio. Like, you'll have someone who just does particle effects, which is something we sort of barely touch on, but yet that's part of game development. So it's a little, I don't know, it's a little vague, but I can understand why they call it that because like, you can't get too specific in the naming of your program, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so essentially uh, at a certain point, we, we do have an animation side of the program. Uh, and we also have a programming side of the program. Okay, yeah. always confusing to say. Um, <laughs> but so coding, essentially. Um, right. And uh, yeah, so in first year, kind of, we all, all the artists are lumped together. And then in second year, we pick animation or modeling, essentially. Okay. Uh, and then you do two years of that. So, so you're in the modeling stream right now, Yeah. Right? So yeah. I, I went down the uh, modeling road. That mosquito's back. Anyways, <laughs> um, I'll try not to swat at him and knock Epic everything. Epic battle. <laughs> um, yeah, so I went down the modeling route, um, which, again, it's, you know, it's more, it's modeling, also some texturing, and you kind of inevitably get into working with the, the actual game, well, versions, student sort of free versions of the game engines that some of these run in. Um, okay. The main one is Unreal. Uh, those are the guys who, like, the, like they made uh, Gears of War and Unreal Tournament. That's sort mm-hmm. of where they cut their teeth way back. Uh, and they started licensing out the tech. Um, so you'll notice that pretty much, I mean... It's sort of starting to, um, I guess, dissipate a little bit in the sense that like 90% of games in running on the Xbox 360 and PS3 were made in Unreal, but 
more and more other engines are coming out. Um, like Frostbite is the Battlefield guys at Dice. Um, Cry Engine is Crytek. They're the guys who make Crisis. They really love yeah. their CRYs. <laughs> <laughs> and Unity has become a really big one. It's sort of the it's the indie game engine to a certain degree. Um, okay. It's the way more. It's it's a little more friendly in in terms of like uh, price and also just usability. It's not. I mean, I, I've barely scratched the surface of it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's yeah, it's it's more the it's the iPhone sort of engine. Although you're slowly getting like Xbox Live Arcade games and and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I don't know of any actual AAA games that are running on Unity, but it's only a matter of time, I think. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. So essentially, yeah, modeling, texturing. Um, that kind of stuff we're we're doing uh this year most of the hard work is being dedicated to uh, a character class um, mm-hmm. which is really interesting it's really cool it's also you know I found a lot with school especially with these kind of i mean it's not a trade school but i mean to it almost essentially is a trade school mm-hmm, like you yeah. don't get ticketed like an electrician does but it's one of those things where, like, it's your grades don't matter. It's you know you need to be able to do the thing. It's your yeah, it's, it's skill based. Yeah, um, but uh, <clears throat> in that, you know, like it's one of those things where, uh, like, I've got my two main classes are organic sculpting and um, uh, I don't even know what they call the other one. They've lumped them into two, like one class essentially. It's the same teacher and it's three hours and then three hours. So essentially, it's just mm-hmm. six hours. Um, but it's all like anatomy and character uh, stuff, which is really cool. But at the same time, we get told that you're never going to get hired as a character artist right out of school. Right. Um, there's just too many. But you need to be able to do that artists. stuff so that you can work your way up to that, right? Yeah. Essentially, most mm-hmm. character artists were environment artists. Um, yeah. So it's one of those things where it's interesting. It's I'm learning a lot. The the pipeline is what you're learning the most. Like the skills I've learned, you know making a proper fold and crease in a, in a t-shirt for your character are totally transferable to making uh, a, something that goes in an environment. So in that respect, yeah. it's not a waste of time by any means, but well, you it's, did some work on some on environments earlier on, right? When you were collaborating yeah, with some of the it's, programming it's, side. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's one of those things where, and I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know how it is in library science. It's maybe not quite as bad because I mean, you guys are in a master's program, so to a certain degree, you should sort of already know what you're doing. But in second year, you you know, I made some stuff in the summer, and I made some decent stuff last year. But you come back and look at it now, and like it's utter garbage, mm. which is totally cool. That means you're learning and you're getting better. But yeah. it's a problem when it comes to like needing to pad your portfolio when you're done school. But ninety percent of the work you've done is kind of shitty now because you're way better than you were. Like I'm way better than I was yesterday, and I didn't even do anything yeah. today. Like mm-hmm. it's it's that iterative. Wow. Um, so it gets it, it's a little annoying. Too. It's satisfying, but it's only satisfying if you have an infinite amount of time, <laughs> which unfortunately yeah. we all don't. Um, but uh, I, I mean, it's I can complain as much as I want, but I, I shouldn't. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so on top of all of the school stuff, which is all game related, um, I work at a, I don't even know what to call it still. It's a place that makes websites. I don't know what you call that. Okay. Um, Web studio? I guess. That sounds mm-hmm. weird, but sure. <laughs> Everything sounds weird. I haven't found, figured out a word for it yet, but uh, mm-hmm. essentially. It's the, it's the training it's for the, jobs that don't exist yet problem. We all have. Yeah. It. So yeah. Uh, essentially they're a company that makes dental websites don't mm-hmm. fall asleep 
Um, <laughs> but they basically, they're, think of them as the square space for dentists, I guess. In, in that <laughs> okay. you come to them, they, they, they'll actually build the site. So I guess it's a little more, it's different than Squarespace. Like it's, okay. you're not expecting the dentist to, you know, plug in, like drag and drop his own website, but they, right. they handle everything from, they have like a proprietary engine for actually dealing with all the appointments and all that digitally. So there's pretty much no phone stuff. I think if you're okay, using their well, service, uh, anyways, I don't know much about that side, but part of the package that uh, over the last year that they've developed, they've been developing is you get like a slate of educational videos when you register with them and pay to have them do everything. Okay. Uh, and those educational videos are basically like CG like versions of like either, you know, how to do this properly, how to brush, how to floss, or like if you're going in to get your, you know, invisible braces fitted, mm-hmm. we're going to explain to you the process and you're going to watch this slightly not photo real, but not super cartoony version of mm-hmm. stuff happening. Um, and so I got a job there through the school, um, and I've been working there for like I guess since May, so it's been like eight eight-ish months, mm-hmm. um, and it's going well. It's cool. It's one of those. It's not super related to gaming, but it's actually a lot closer to like the visual effects, like for movies and TV pipeline. Um, yeah, which has been great because all the suckers in my program who didn't get jobs like that mm-hmm. aren't learning any of that stuff in class. Yeah, um, yeah, because you were saying with, you're working with programs like After Effects and yeah. sort of film industry based stuff I'm, that you wouldn't had, get to otherwise. I hadn't touched After Effects before. Uh, I had barely touched Maya, which we use for all our animation and modeling, um, and like Illustrator and a tiny bit of Premiere, um, or not Premiere, Audition to do some audio stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, essentially, I get paid to go to school <laughs> there because. <laughs> They know we're students and our yeah. supervisors know what they're doing and they are super not pissy about getting asked a thousand questions a day. Oh, that's like, awesome. At this point, I just send Richard or Ricardo, who are our two supervisors, I just send him a gif of like, oh shit, is it Scorpion who says get over here? And yeah. Just send them that <laughs> and then they come help me. That's uh, awesome. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool. It's, it isn't the most interesting content. But pipeline wise, it's I just tell myself like you just made like blue liquid come out of this syringe to go into a mold, which yeah. is super boring. But that's more closer to how they made the Hulk smash things than you were before you knew how to make blue liquid come out of a syringe. So it's, <laughs> yeah. it's one of those things where it's a uh, you know obviously they probably use some better tech than we have, but yeah, it's in the same ballpark, so that's exciting. Well, and getting uh, paid to learn is, you know, every student's yeah, dream okay. these days, right? So that's mm-hmm. great. Uh, I'll only complain when I don't have a job. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, for right now, I'm happy, I guess. So in terms of making this a, a where do we put this, I thought what uh, Theo and I, we've both been gamers for a really long time. And uh, Sam, you can chime in if you want, I, I guess. I'll be the ignorant every man yet again. <laughs> Um, so I thought we could talk a little bit about um, sort of the, the types of games we like to play. I mean, games are so various and video games are so varying that it's 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 kind of cool to talk about um, what kind of games you enjoy and what kind of games you like to play. And also, I thought we could talk a little bit about kind of the, um, the way the games are changing. Like, I feel like uh, things are becoming much more sandboxy and 
and uh, giving giving people options. Options seems to be a really big um, idea in games. So, Sophia, what's kind of your favorite games to play? If you're going to go and pick up a video game, what do you run to first? Uh, well, I mean, I guess I have maybe a, a slightly unique perspective in the sense that, like, I'll really go, I basically just go for, like, like I mentioned before, like, the Naughty Dog, the guys who make The Last of Us and Uncharted and that, like, mm-hmm. I don't care what kind of game they make, I'm just going to play their game, because right. I know it'll be amazing, so, so you follow besides, studios. yeah, I mean, besides that, which I, <laughs> your average person doesn't follow studios, I would assume, for games, <laughs> yeah. um, but besides that, I mean, yeah, I guess you, I sort of tend to, to go towards the open world stuff, and it's it's almost... It's. I find it more of a sort of where I am outside of the gamingness of it because if I'm going to spend you know sixty bucks um, on a game, and I, I mean I'm in school, I don't have multiple sixty dollars <laughs> to spend <laughs> on uh, on games. Generally, I'm going to go for whatever game I think I'll get the most out of for the longest time. So, mm-hmm. like this year, my game was GTA Five. Yeah. Like I guess I bought The Last of Us, but that was again, like I said, that's in that separate category of like I'll beg borrow and steal to get that game. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean you buy a game like GTA five because you know, you know, even if you hammer right through the story and avoid all the open worldness of it, like you're still barely scratched the surface and you can still get a lot of fun out of that. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you go and buy something super linear It'll be cool, but you know you'll be done in six hours, and you might not ever want to play it again. Yeah, uh, see, there's nothing there's nothing more frustrating to me than like spending a lot of money on a game, and then you're <coughs> like, wait, what? That's it? Yeah, exactly. And, um, one game that I really enjoyed, but I still I really found that with was um, Diablo three. Okay. I found that Diablo three took me no time to play at all. I was really yeah. disappointed when I finished that game because I'm like, well. I guess there is a certain level of replay value because um, you can choose a different kind of character. You can right. be a magic user this time instead of a ninja or whatever. But like, do they do like a new game plus in that? I've never played Diablo, but do they let you carry like your did. level fifty over to the beginning of the next version of the game? Or I think you could. You could yeah. keep the same character and and play it again. And it was it had some different difficulty changes right, right. to it. But like, but yeah, I mean, I was I was a little bit like, really, that was that was all. Um, that's so sort of like interestingly unique to video game players. I feel like consumers of other types of media aren't necessarily as concerned about length. They're more concerned about the experience itself. And I think maybe it, it makes you smarter consumers in some ways, right? Because you want as mm. much bang, as much story out of it as you can get. Mm-hmm. Right. But I feel like with with books or with movies, it's not necessarily the, the length. It's other well, qualities. Well, it's, it's one of those things where it's, I mean, as much as like games are interactive obviously Hmm. and like but you know you can watch a movie over and over and over again if you really really like it and you know what's going to happen but it doesn't matter but in games like it's it's i don't know it kind of goes both ways like yeah it's interactive in that like you don't know what's going to happen next technically but something like a halo where that's another game like when i was more into multiplayer that was a game i'd pick up because i know even when i was done the single player i would shoot fools online for months to come right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and but I mean realistically it's it's uh it's completely non-linear in that it's a multiplayer game so anything can happen but and you and I mean the guys who make like Bungie the guys who make Halo they're famous for saying it like Halo is essentially 30 seconds of gameplay over mm-hmm. and over and over again hmm. um right. and that's totally a thing and that's not a like that's not a bad thing but they just like we need to basically make this game fun for 30 seconds 
And then we're just going to do that a bunch and you're going to like it. And everyone totally did. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one of those things where like, yeah, it's, it can last forever. It's unique, but technically you're just doing the same thing over and over again. So sort of it's just, it's fun enough that you don't care sides. that it's repetitive. Right. Huh. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's, I mean, video games are essentially based on that principle. Mm-hmm. So, and I think the thing that with me too, is I, um, I mean, my favorite games when I was growing up are things like JRPGs, which usually have, you know, 40 hours of gameplay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never got into that. The box art. Oh, I love them. It's They're the so dumb. Drove me nuts. <laughs> I, I will not play Final Fantasy or pretty oh, much any on. of those games because it's like Warcraft. Those cutscenes they get blur to make look oh, so goddamn yeah. good, and then you play the game and it looks like dog shit, <laughs> well, and it drives me nuts. We were talking about this in class like last week because I just I just can't handle it. It oh, it makes me so angry. We're, thankfully, we're getting out of that now that like in-game stuff looks just as good. Hmm. Yeah. Well, there's one. Um, there's one game that's actually a really old JRPG that was actually originally on the Sega Dreamcast. That okay. remains one of my absolute favorite games of all time. It's called Skies of Arcadia. Okay, I've heard and, of it. I've never played it. Yeah, and the gameplay, like the the visuals on it. I mean, it was. Um, oh, how old was I when I played that? It must have been at least, you know, fifteen years ago, twelve, fifteen years yeah, ago. Yeah, Dreamcast is like the mid nineties, I think. Yeah, and so. Um, and it was it was cartoony enough that yeah. the cutscenes and the and the gameplay really doesn't isn't that different. Right. Um, so I mean that's a really amazing game. So if, if uh, yeah, they, I mean yeah, they did re-release it for GameCube. So <laughs> that mine's that's a nitpick that like I mean it's nobody's fault. Oh like, yeah. They were they were basically just maxing out both ends of like we can make these sweet cutscenes we can't do that in the real game but that doesn't mean we shouldn't make these sweet cutscenes. Well, and they were excellent. It just always bugged right? the hell out. <laughs> yeah. Mainly because I'm just a huge like. Graphics snob, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> which I suppose pushed you in this direction in the first place, right? Oh, totally. Programming attention to that kind of detail. I can appreciate it, but like, I have like one of my good buddies who helps me with all my programming assignments because we do have a few classes in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can't draw for shit, but he knows how to program. So like, yeah. it, it's the same kind of thing. Like, I writing code is actually kind of fun, but like, it's like typing a backwards spanish <laughs> yeah it's mind-boggling oh well, yeah. yeah no it's nuts <laughs> that's something librarians and game designers have in common i suppose that we need to know yeah. just enough of that stuff to get by right mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh so i guess you see we were saying that you uh you are kind of moving in a direction where you do appreciate games that are a little bit more sandboxy and yeah. this i feel like the sandbox game is really a trend that's been coming in the last i don't know last five or five or ten years yeah for sure I and think, uh, like, you said you had some theories about why. Yeah, so I mean, I, I wouldn't even call it a theory at this point. It might even just be fact. But uh, <laughs> essentially, like, I, I think it's pretty well known that just like the used game market is a thing that people who make games don't like. Mm. Um, I'm sort of almost there, so I'm not quite on that bandwagon. I don't buy used <laughs> games anyways because, like, I'd rather just pay five more bucks to get the like like shiny new packaged version. But. Mm. Um, there, it's just it's a problem of I think like it's you want to you want to retain you you do not want people to trade your game in right mm-hmm. like the second they trade your game in they're not buying DLC and they're not playing your game anymore which is not a good thing so I think sorry unpack DLC for us non gamers <laughs> so downloadable that's, content yeah so that's if you so if you download stuff. a game you can uh, you can download. Other parts of the game, new yeah, like, levels. you know, new maps for multiplayer. Okay, all right. At least, like, I mean, like uh, Naughty Dog with Last of Us. 
which again is a fairly linear game. Like there's not a lot of open. There's a, like they're you're essentially put in like combat arenas to a certain degree. Like they're sort of known for that. They did that in Uncharted a lot. You know, you, mm-hmm. you climb for ten minutes, you get to the top of the thing you're climbing, and then like it's sort of like a decent big area where you're gonna have to fight like thirty dudes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they really don't get open world in the sense of like a GTA where you can just do whatever the hell you want. Mm-hmm. Um but uh like they're doing a DLC for they're actually doing almost like sort of a prequel ish thing where you play as um a character before the events of the game. Um which is something that's happening a lot more like Bioshock Infinite. Again, there's no multiplayer yeah. in that game whatsoever, but they've come out with, with a couple DLCs, which are one is story based and one is just like a combat thing. Mm-hmm. Um but it's it's just it's their attempt at um retaining players, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think the idea with everything sort of it's, it goes hand in hand, I think with the open world and the multiplayer side of things, they're just right. doing whatever they can do to retain you as a player and have you not trade that game back in. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause as soon as they trade the game and they don't make any money uh, off the used version of that same game that gets picked up. So even if I mean, this is probably getting too far into the mechanics of it, but even if you purchase a used game and then go to purchase the DLC stuff online, that, that technically is the same. No, that, that I guess that would stay sort okay. of the same. Um, but then that's you know two consumers playing off of the same purchase disc, right? So yeah, I, I get I mean, it. Yeah, I don't know too much about the like actual money <laughs> stuff involved, but yeah. I just know that it is a big deal to try and you just you want to retain players. It's a business, right? Like any business mm-hmm. wants you to come back, um, and so it's going. I think like sandbox is a natural place for these games to go because it just you know it's more and more for you to play essentially. Um, like you could have a version of GTA or Assassin's Creed where it's eight hours long, you play the campaign, you're done. But like half the fun is that it's an open world, but also that it's you know it's technically infinite possibilities, right? Like it's it's kind of silly, but there's nothing funner in GTA than just sucker punching people. <laughs> I would literally do that for like four hours if I had the time because it's like the funniest thing ever. And That's like you can like fill them. your game with dumb things like that. Yeah. yeah. Like Saints Row is probably a really good example of just absurd dumb like dildo bat humor. Um, <laughs> but like it's that thing where like if you can put enough stuff in your game to almost and I say this in a nice way, like pad around the actual story and single player like mm-hmm. sort of campaign of it, mm-hmm. you're gonna play it for a lot longer. Like it took me like a friend of mine beat GTA in like a day or two. Holy and crap. he just ripped right through the campaign. Yeah, he would have to. It took me, like, I just finished it. I bought it the day it came out, and I just finished it last week. So it took me a couple of months. And mm-hmm. admittedly, I didn't play a ton of it every day, but it was that thing where I got sidetracked. Like, Skyrim was the same thing. Uh, I still haven't, I'm, like, halfway through that game, and it came out, like, two Christmases ago, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I just got sidetracked because it's so big. Like, yeah. why would I go do this, like, mission that sounds kind of eh? When I could go and just like hunt bears for like three hours. Well, that's an incredible opportunity for the artists and the writers involved, right? I mean, it it, it mirrors yeah, other industries in the like, sense that the economics more. of more content equals more money sort of also frees them up to make it a deeper, more expansive. Yeah, medium, I mean, it's a better storytelling kind of, experience. It's also, I would, I guess, maybe a bigger risk in that, like, I mean, for GTA, it's kind of a shoe in. Like, they're almost <laughs> like as economically weird as it is to say they're too big to fail. Mm-hmm. Like they literally like there's a reason GTA that sold makes sense in the sense of the entertainment for... company. It just doesn't make sense for banks. Yeah, I guess. Um, but it's it's that kind of thing. Like no matter what, 
It's the, it's one of the reasons why I can't believe they haven't made a Halo movie yet because even if it sucked, it would still make all the money ever. <laughs> yeah. Like, so uh, yeah, it's bizarre. But uh, yeah, it's one of those things where like it's yeah they they know they're gonna get their money back, so maybe it's less of a risk. But like it's there's a lot of it's a lot of like content generation to make a game that big. Like there's there's back alleys that have more detail in them than some entire games that have come out, mm-hmm. and like. 70% of the people who play the game are never going to see it. Hmm. So it's right. it's that kind of crazy detail. Not every company can afford to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's sort of another way you, you know, you keep people coming back is that there's parts of this giant world that they haven't quite seen yet. Yeah. Um, I almost I almost find that kind of intimidating in games though. Like I tried to play Skyrim and I just found it so intimidating to not be given yeah. story threads or um, you know just something to something to grasp onto. I, I find that I mean, it, it oh, a little anxiogenous, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean it's yeah it's different with I, again it's I don't know if it's the setting or like I mean it, GTA is huge but you can get around pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there sort of is always something happening like you'll run across random like you know random events that's sort of in every game but. Generally, like, there's some pretty funny stuff. Like, they did a lot of cool stuff with their... Having three characters, I think, helps a lot, too. Mm-hmm, yeah. It does. It's a nice change of pace. Um, even though, essentially, like, you know, you switch to character A and character B, you pretty much do the same thing. It's just a different guy's voice swearing while you do it. But, <laughs> like, uh, it still it does switch it up enough that it keeps it a little more fresh than usual. A different shrewish wife, wife screaming at you, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although there might only be one of those. <laughs> One's enough. She was. She's awful. Twenty thirteen, right? There should be at least one shrewish husband. Uh, no, there's Trevor. But anyways, I don't even want to know. Yeah, no. He's just he's one of the three characters you can play, and he's just like it's basically like how do you describe him? It's like if Jay from Jay and Silent Bob like grew up in the South. And oh, was like no. forty five. Oh, no. oh no! Yeah, he's kind of nuts. He's total nuts. Oh, like just super <laughs> fucked. Anyways, but yeah. <laughs> so I guess if we're talking about categorization, and pardon me if I'm stepping on a question that was already going to be asked, Allie, but but where in the context of all that do the sort of more traditional, like straightforward first person shooters and racing games and stuff like that, like are those things kind of second tier now because of these big expansive sandbox games? In case you were wondering, I just killed that mosquito. Yay! Uh, Congratulations. Anyway. <laughs> uh, was that for me or Allie? Uh, both of you, I guess. <laughs> you know, you've got the okay, insider well, I got, knowledge, I, got, I suppose. So, partly what I was saying before, and it's funny you brought up racing, because that's a super good point. Mm-hmm. Um, what they're doing now, especially with these new consoles, and I don't know if, I guess, Need for Speed... Oh, crap. Need for Speed, insert subtitle... Um, yeah, I can't remember. The, no, the run was the last one. Hot pursuit. Anyways, whatever. The, sh- eh, I'm not gonna. Anyways, um, <laughs> the latest new Need for Speed that came out. Game, it's, yeah, it's not quite at this point, but essentially what they're doing in GTA. Again, I keep on coming back to GTA, but again, it's the game I played the most most recently. But um, mm-hmm. it's the blending of single and multiplayer is another way that they're trying to get this, you know, retain retaining of players, right? Oh, and you can so a lot of what they're doing. Yeah, so for for this Need for Speed one that just came out, you're playing single player, but at any time if you're online, excuse me, um, multiplayer just happens. So like, you're you either choose a cop or a robber, I guess, <laughs> racer, robber, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And so if you're a cop, you're in the open world, 
stuff's happening. You just you drive around, you try and bust other cars. But at any time, there can be like six other real humans <laughs> playing. Yeah. And so, like, it's it's this emergent gameplay that is another, you know, that's a buzzword, I guess, at this point. But mm-hmm. where, you know, you're playing and just crazy shit starts to happen. And it's actually a real person effect in the game. Um, and it's it's that they're trying to seamlessly blend single and multiplayer. Um, okay. Titanfall is another one that's coming out for Xbox One next year. And they're not even doing, like, there's literally no distinction between the two. Um, mm-hmm. You're just, you play and you're online. So you could be playing with real people. You could be playing against AI. It's sort of it's supposed to be seamless. There's story, but there isn't like a a set campaign in a set multiplayer mode. Um, can you tell if you want to tell? Yeah, I mean you can. You can obviously yeah. You can obviously tell. You can obviously play offline, but they don't want you to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you could literally basically any trailer for like a next gen game in the last year or so, you you probably noticed that it ends with like. It shows you a bunch of cool stuff, and then it ends with the camera panning out. And as it pans out, you start to see a map, and you start to see like gamer tags pop up. Mm-hmm. Literally, there's like a dozen different games that end with that trailer, and <laughs> it's a totally a new thing because I think the tech is finally there where they can have this giant world, but actually have it in multiplayer, not just in single player. Which makes a lot so of sense because in other areas of technology, we're already relying on the fact that we're just online all the time, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, I think it's cool. I mean, there's still going to be those games, like I said, like The Last of Us, where I don't want to play with anyone else. <laughs> that's like, that's a good, just want to sit down mm-hmm. and enjoy it. Um, but I mean, I don't see, as long as you can get over the, you know, the inherent like connection issues that are always associated with this stuff. Not everyone <laughs> has Google Fiber yet. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's totally cool. So, so yeah, I think these games are kind of trying to trying to take these classic models that everybody loves and updating them with um, with new stuff. So it's it's all about the economics, and I think with the next gen consoles, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to buy one when there's actually games. To play. <laughs> so. Are you going to go PS4? Or are you going to go for an Xbone? <sighs> I don't know. I try not to take sides. Like, I mean, I bought a 360 <laughs> when it came out because, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I'm the person who buys it for a specific reason. Like, I'm not necessarily an Xbox fan, Samboy, or a PS3 fanboy. Like, I bought a 360 because I really wanted to play Call of Duty 2. Yeah. Uh, and then I bought a PS3 because I wanted to play Uncharted. Didn't you Uncharted have to send 2, your 360 back for a new hard drive like three times? No, it red ringed twice, and then I bought a slim a couple years ago. So, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I got a couple. I got a free one through them, and then the warranty was up the next time. So then I got the other one. But yeah, I mean that sucks. But <laughs> my PS3 power supply died too, so it kind of goes both ways. <laughs> but um, so yeah, I mean eventually I'll just get both. I think if I had to pick one, I'd probably go PS4 just because. Well, I mean, it's hundred bucks cheaper, and as of right now, I basically live in like a room in an apartment. So mm-hmm. a connect and like the ability to voice command my cable box is not exactly appealing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, right. And I heard the PS4 controller doesn't suck. Okay. Because the DualShock 3 is the, an abomination. I'd rather play <laughs> with a Dreamcast controller. Like, <laughs> um, so I, I'm, I'm wondering, because we've been talking a lot about the merging of online play and single player play and there's of course always stories in the news that people like me who don't play games are you know that's it's usually the um the dominant form of game news we run into is the stuff about the culture right 
about how mm. people treat each other in those online environments, whether it's women being treated poorly or just people treating each other poorly in general. Those are the things that make the news, right? And obviously mm -hmm. that's not everyone. It's probably not even the majority of people who are playing these online games. But Theo, as someone who is kind of on both sides of that culture now, what do you, what's your experience of that when you're playing online games? Uh, well, I guess I'm, well, I'm in that, you know, hey, look at me. I'm a white middle-class male. So everybody loves me and <laughs> everyone makes everything for you. me. Like, so, I mean, I guess I don't have like a, a first-hand account mm. <laughs> of any of that shit. I mean, it, honestly, part of the reason why I don't play as many online games now is just because like, it's a good way to not talk to assholes. Like, because everyone online generally sucks. I mean, it, it's not just forums and, you know, comments on websites. It's people who play games online generally are shitty. Do you think um, it's gotten any better as we've entered this era I mean, of sort of less anonymity? I guess I don't, I, I don't, I haven't played a lot. It's hard to say. I mean, generally if I play a game online, like, I'll play Halo 4 with a buddy of mine, Chris, but we'll mute our in-game mics and FaceTime with each other while we're playing. Like, oh, yeah. we literally yeah, actively avoid going online i mean it wasn't as bad I, I used to play gears of war online all the time but again it was that thing where you know you you run into a handful of people online even maybe not like i didn't know any of these dudes in real life but we played gears together and everyone was pretty cool as far as i remember but yeah i mean i so you've had kind of both experiences yeah i haven't really had anything horrible happen to me personally i just know that like it's almost not worth it to to try anymore Interesting. Um, and i mean i, I read enough um, like Giant Bombs is a really good site for they do all like the games coverage and stuff, but they do a lot of um, they have one uh, one guy Patrick Klepik does a ton of really good write ups. Um, I'd recommend anyone checking out. First off, Giant Bomb, but he does um, he's been doing a series of interviews where he interviews like developers and other writers and stuff, and they they kind of get into more of the nitty gritty stuff. I know there's a lot of um, there's a lot of shit going on with like female game developer kind of thing and again it's mm -hmm. hard for me to relate to it but obviously it's a pretty male dominated industry like most entertainment was at one point or another mm -hmm. um yeah, or most anything was newer still is. Industry is yeah bad. exactly yeah. i mean considering how long this stuff's been around like it's almost you don't want to say you see it coming but like it's still in its infancy which isn't an excuse but well, it can't. It can't really get any worse than it is now, which is nice. I guess. <laughs> like, well, and it is getting better is in some small ways, right? There are yeah. I mean, better the, policies. The for... existence of the indie game scene is probably really good for that. Yeah. Because now well, it doesn't Xbox take has, a know, big studio to, to make something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so good. I mean, it's. I. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, it's hard to have firsthand experiences when you're very yeah. much right in the like. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, like, as, as a lay person, I, like, you know, I felt I needed to ask the question. But, uh, demographic. But more people like you going into the industry with you know the attitude that you've got is is, is a good thing. So that's yeah, good. exactly. Uh, Ali, have you ever well, had any experiences you, if, like that with with online? Well, I haven't. Uh, I haven't. I haven't played online games since the Dreamcast. Uh, I used okay. to play uh, Fantasy so Star Online, and. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I actively avoid online games, A, because I don't really like playing video games with people to begin with. It's very much like a, an antisocial activity for me. Um, but um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of reasons why I stay away from games. I don't really like um, the kind of criticism that you can face. And, you know, when you do reveal you're a woman, you do open yourself up to a new level of, of horrible criticism. And uh, I just, I just not interested at all. <laughs> yeah, 
it's really just not worth it. Like, so, yeah, it's so not, not worth it. Not to put you on the spot here, Theo, and you're free not to, you know, answer this question or to think about it and get back to us. But as someone who's going to go into creating things for gamers, do you think about the way your work is going to, I don't know, be utilized by those people or ways you can build certain uh, things into your work to maybe not, not allow them to take those liberties? Sort of, so but I mean, like, it's really, it's, I don't know. It's I mean, your hands, obviously. But Yeah, I mean, it's really hard. If, if I get like if i have to uh, make a desk it's hard to make like that desk look sexist <laughs> like it's gonna be a desk it's a thing right like a, i mean i guess the closest thing Fair you point. would get to is like is character stuff like yeah you've seen like <laughs> you've seen the character i had to do in my character class yes, which yes i did she is not horribly dressed but if you were in a post-apocalyptic mad max kind of thing like you might want to wear pants mm-hmm. instead of like booty shorts but yeah. <laughs> it was a concept I was given. I was told that you cannot veer from that concept. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that is going to be what you get told at the place you're working. And mm-hmm. you may not agree with it, but, you know, getting paid to do a thing, you got to do it. Like, it's, and the more you do it, the more you can work your way up yeah, to the point where I mean, you're the I one think deciding we're slowly getting away from that. Pants, the new right? Lara Croft, the new Tomb Raider is probably a really good example of that. That's a, That was a great mm-hmm. game. And she kicks some serious ass and wears pants and like a normal ass tank top. Nice. So, I mean, I guess that's a good, some headway. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. We'll, take um, it. we'll take it. So yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I think we're getting away from that. I think, uh, it, it's something that definitely turns me off of some games. Like I've pretty much never played like a Japanese game because of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like as bad as that sounds, but like, I have no interest in playing the new Metal Gear Solid because as much as those games seem cool, like when you have a character who's like a really, like a, basically a, a sniper who wears a bikini and is mute. Like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Yeah, it's a little disturbing. That's crazy. Yeah. That makes no sense. Well, hey, it's good I guess to hear she's quiet, who's which part is good of the for snipers. Next generation of game designers talking like that. So I'll yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> Thank um, you one, so much one for other joining thing. us. And, oh, oh, one go other ahead. thing. Got one of them? Okay. Uh, couch co op is coming back, which I think is awesome. So Explain. there's that. Yeah. If that makes sense. That so playing games next to people is slowly oh, coming right. back. Thanks okay. to like Wait, Steam. humans so. play games with humans by humans. I know it's crazy. See, that's Weird. the experience from it's which cool. I am approaching this conversation <laughs> is like playing, you know, original Mario sitting next to you, my friends. <laughs> yeah, <for sure. laughs> that's good to hear. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much awesome. for coming thank on. You for, well, thank Merry you for jumping Christmas in there. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Hanukkah and such. Kwanzaa <laughs> crazy long gone this year. <laughs> well, it's better late than ever, I guess. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Theo. Well, that was a great conversation. I always love talking gaming with people because so few of my friends are, are fellow gamers. So it's always good to to talk about talk about gaming with people who who know a little bit more than I do. Yeah, and that was <laughs> I, I learned a lot as I always do when I talk to you or Theo in general, but especially about games. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, it's such a fascinating industry. It's so young in so many ways, but there's so much going on in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's been uh, what's been going on in our social media? So we have a couple of shout outs. Uh, the first one is to Steve Thomas, who is at Steve Librarian, and he's also at Cirque Ideas, Circulating Ideas is his podcast, um, also on a library theme. And he's the one who gave us the idea to use Call Recorder for Skype, which we have successfully done today's episode on. So thank you, Woo-hoo! Steve. Uh, <laughs> we also got a great tweet the, the other day from uh, Meg Morrow, who's under the Librainiac. 
on Twitter, and I love her wait, picture because it's very uh, in line with our last episode with the whole Barbara Gordon situation. And she was listening to us while she was cleaning her apartment. So she says, thanks, ladies, for keeping me company. <laughs> anytime, <laughs> anytime. Anytime. We're very glad that you're listening. And we're glad that all of you are listening. And uh, so we'd also like to, again, just invite you to please get in touch with us if you have any comments, questions. And in the new year, if you have any new ideas or want to come on the show to talk about something in particular, now that we've figured out this whole Skype situation, oh, yeah. we can uh, probably make it happen. Experts so, up in here. <laughs> so definitely get in touch with us. All of our contact information is in Contact information is on our website at uh, sslibrarianship.com. We are also at sslibrarianship on Twitter and uh, at uh, sslibrarianship on Tumblr as well. So yeah, if you, you want can to tweet at either of us as well. You can do that. Allie is at Bulbasoria. Mm-hmm. And Sam is at Spinning Sam. And uh, thanks as always to Jonathan Colton for the use of our theme song, Glasses, off the album. Uh, artificial heart i almost did it this time i almost said putting the days to bed (laughs) (laughs) and uh i am so sad i'm not gonna get to go on that joko cruise because it looks like such a good time but oh we're so close to graduation and poverty i just can't do it but i hope everyone who's (laughs) going has a great time and uh and and give a shout out to joko for us if you're if you're on that cruise let him know that we very much appreciate his cc licensing (laughs) so everyone just have a great holiday season Um, enjoy the people around you that you love and if you have to be around people that you love that are not so great to you sometimes just try to see the joy in everything and and try to try to have a happy holiday season so yeah enjoy what you can and if you have to you know take off to a dark corner with a good book for a little while that's part or, of a happy know, holiday too. bottles of wine, wine too. <laughs> Whatever works, right? <laughs> well, happy holidays, everyone. And as always, we'll catch you on the proverbial flip side. So much to say, I forget to start. There goes a day, say.